Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. It doesn't matter how crazy you went on Black Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day is here, it doesn't matter at all. Will that satisfy? No, because next week the new iPad comes and you got the old model. But really, does that, long term, does that satisfy us? No, it does not satisfy us. The only thing that satisfies me, my quench, is spiritual. I need a relationship with God. The Holy Spirit comes in and fills our lives, and we often see the fruit of its filling us. But as we walk through this life, we may have leaks. You may not look like you're getting empty, but if you don't have the Spirit working in you just as much now as you did when you first were filled, you need to get back under the fountain. And then whatever He moves us to do, we should yield to it. Let Him have His way. What He's doing is letting everyone know that it's the genuine power of God in you. Release yourself to the Holy Spirit. You'll be touched. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Acts chapter 4 for our continuing study entitled, Fill Up. So here's the question I want to ask everybody. You respond to it right now. Who is in control in your life right now? Is it you or is it God? There's no in between. It's, oh, yeah, there is. God's got these. He just done that. No, no. Spirit filled means spirit filled. Either he's in control or I'm holding on to some control. And I do that because of my pride and my fear. Now, Pastor Mark, how often do I have to do that? Well, once every 10 years is probably good. How many think that could be something that kind of has to happen quite often, like every day, in a different way? You don't have to stop and pray. Excuse me, I'm going to pray and empty myself right now. Here you go. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. So how, how do we live... Filled with the Spirit. Well, what kind of steps do you have to take? And you don't have to... I'm just going to give you three simple ones this morning. It's easy. When you're in a restaurant and your iced tea glass is about empty, you look at that and go like, hmm, do I want some or don't I want some? Yeah, I want some. So the first step, if you're empty and you want God to fill you, is this. You have to acknowledge your need. Some of you just realize, I'm in control more than God's in control. No wonder this isn't working too good for me. So I have to acknowledge my need. If I want a refill, I have to go like, okay, I want a refill. What's the next thing I do? If I acknowledge my IC glass needs to be filled, what do I do? I ask. Here it is. When you ask, just expect and receive. When you ask for the waitress to come and fill your glass, you can expect she's going to do what? She's going to come and fill it. In Europe, you already know it's not going to happen. 
unless you pay more money. So I, I, anything God commands us to do, he will do. He says, keep on being filled. That's a command. It's not a suggestion. So if I ask, he will do it. He gives what kind of refills? Free. Free refills. I love it. Why? Because it's a gift. God loves to give us. And then after I have that refill, and God fills me again. By the way, it's supernatural. It's not something like, okay, I'm filled. No, no, it's something that you're doing and supernaturally he just takes care of it. He's in control. God, come. I need wisdom. I'm talking here. I'm at work. I need wisdom. I need direction. I don't need how to handle these kids. Don't know what to do with this situation. God, you know, I'm selfish. I need it. Boom. Empty me of me. Fills you instantly. It's supernatural. Your salvation happened like that. It's supernatural. Then the third thing is simply this. Live the exciting, empowered lifestyle. Now I'm filled. So I'll begin thinking about other things. I'll look for opportunities. We'll see that in a moment. We'll begin to see that God begins to minister in my life. Now, I was thinking about this. How many of you, when you, you're at a restaurant and whatever, and you've had two refills already of your Coke or, or coffee or, or iced tea or whatever, and you say to the waitress, could I have a cup to go? How many of you have done that? Come on. And so you just say, give me a cup because I want to be filled as I walk out the door. Hallelujah. That's what I'm praying for you this morning. When you walk out of the door, you'll be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit today. See, that's when we're going into all the world. That's what it's all about. It's not just to sit in the restaurant and go, hey, another latte, gingerbread latte, some more whipped cream. No, it's to go out and share it. It's to go out and share it. Good. I know where you're all going this afternoon. You're going to McDonald's and Starbucks and all the rest. Now, the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is to go and impact my world. That's the purpose. Now, Chuck Smith, as you know, founded Calvary Chapels. I want to read you his words. The ultimate work of the Spirit is not merely to transform and change and empower us that we might be blessed. No, his ultimate work is empowering us to serve, to become effective in bringing Jesus Christ to others. Now watch this. This is still Chuck. God's Spirit wants to use you and me to bring the love of God to others. He wants His Spirit to flow like a torrent of living water out of our lives into the lives of those who have yet to quench their thirst at the fountain of God. So what did Chuck Smith just say? Watch this. When I'm filled with the Spirit, it blesses me because I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to be used. But it's not really just for me. It's to minister. Now, notice what Chuck said. A little homework for you. Just study this week, John 7, 37 through 39, actually 40. What he says there, Jesus says, out of, when you're filled with the Spirit, out of your innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. So, In an analogy, what is Jesus saying? He was saying all the people that are unsaved, they're dry spiritually. There's nothing really happening in their life. They're dry. And he says, I am living water. And when you're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus flows out of us, and we boldly proclaim he's the only way to quench your thirst. See, the things of life cannot quench our spiritual thirst. It doesn't matter how crazy you went 
on Black Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever day is here. It doesn't matter at all. Will that satisfy? No, because next week the new iPad comes and you got the old model. But really, does that, long term, does that satisfy us? No, it does not satisfy us. The only thing that satisfies me, my quench, is spiritual. I need a relationship with God. That's what I was created to be and do. So, as we look at that, I want you to think about, would you say this morning that outside our campuses, the world is dry and thirsty? Yes. So we're going to see the solution to that. Out of my innermost beings flows what? Rivers of living water. That's the way it's supposed to work. Now, let's turn to Acts chapter 8, if you will. And I want you to see something very quickly. Let me give you a little history. In chapter 7, Stephen, a believer, is martyred for Christ. He's stoned to death. Watching that is Saul, someone that hated Jesus. Great religious man, but he, Jewish man, but he hated Jesus. Look at Acts 8.1. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. Now watch this. And all except the apostles were scattered. Watch watch the three areas. The church was at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Now in your Bibles, I'd encourage you to do this. Right by Acts 1.8.1, write this, Acts 1.8. Because let me show you what the promise was from Jesus. We'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you or overflows you or takes control of you by you submitting your will. And you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and where? To the ends of the earth. See, Jesus instructed his apostles to begin in Jerusalem. Our main area of ministry is where we're planted right here. We're in Florida, in the cities that you're in this morning. But then he said you're to move on and preach the gospel to the whole world because he was after Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans all coming to Christ. Now, it seems like when you read 8.1, it seems like, well, the church got comfortable in Jerusalem. And they didn't want to obey God. Could you actually be comfortable this morning where you're at? Let me give you a real key. God is not interested in our comfort. He's interested in our obedience. God is not interested in us being comfortable. He's interested in our obedience. Now, what does God use to get them to obey? persecution. The church gets persecuted and off they go. Look at verse four. And those who had been scattered, what did they do? They preached the word wherever they went. Now, Satan thought if I persecute the church, that's the end of it. What did he do? He spread the church because God is more powerful than Satan. Satan goes, I know how to defeat this. God says, go for it, baby. And as soon as this happens, what happens? 
The persecution, watch this, this is huge. The persecution in the church of Jerusalem forces the church in Jerusalem to become a missionary church. They go out. They go to all these places they've never been. Next year, you're going to hear that we're going to have many, many, many more short-term missions. Inexpensive to get you out of your comfort zone. To get you out to see the world. To get you with a heart for the lost. And when you come back here, home, to our campuses, you'll have a greater understanding of the missionary call. See, if we're filled with the Spirit, we're going to go. Not just across the street to our neighbor. Now see, persecution is a very interesting thing. More than a hundred years ago, somewhere in that area, China, the leader said this, every missionary out of China, and they threw them all out of China. What happened in the next 40 years? China boomed with Christianity. Do you know this morning there's more Christians in China than in the United States? More than a 100 million believers. Why? Because they were being persecuted and their faith, watch me, meant something to them. To be honest, we become pretty comfortable. Our churches today, not here, you guys do great, but many churches today, they, they walk in and say this, what are you doing for me? See, when you're being persecuted and you have to be an underground church, you're not saying what you're doing for me. What can I do for God? So when Satan persecuted the church, boom, it spread. Notice the first thing that happens. They preached the word of God. Now look at verse 5. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. Who is Philip? He's an average, ordinary Joe or Jane. He's simply a Christ follower like you and me. He's not some super special people. By the way, there are no super special people. The only person that's special is Jesus Christ. The rest of us are just servants. We just have different jobs. That's all just different responsibilities. Now, we do know from chapter 6... Philip was one thing. What was he? He was known to be filled with the Spirit of God. He's actually a server of tables. He's shot out of Jerusalem. And he comes and he begins to be this evangelist. And God uses him powerfully. Notice the first thing he does. Look at verse 5. Look at it. He went to the city in Samaria. And did he, what did he do? He proclaimed Christ there. You see, when we're filled with the Spirit... We don't talk about the Spirit. We talk about who? Jesus. Because there's no name under heaven where man can be saved than the name Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus. Now, notice where he went. He goes to Samaria. Now, the Samaritans were half-breeds, Jews and Gentiles. There was great prejudice uh, among the Jews and, and, and the Samaritans. They didn't like each other. They couldn't stand each other. So why did they go there? Because God wanted the Samaritans to hear the word of God. Now look in verse 6. When the crowds heard Philip. When the crowds heard Philip. Now watch me. Watch me. It'll make a lot of sense to you. I need wisdom, God. How do I do my life? Okay, you ask and I'll tell you. Just listen for me, okay? And one of the things you're going to need is to be filled with the Spirit of God. Put Him in control. Let Him direct your life. He'll do it. Don't lean to your understanding. And when you do that, when you're filled with the Spirit, the very next thing that's going to happen in your life, you're going to end up opening your mouth. You're going to speak up. 
When Philip opened his mouth, he's filled with the Spirit. He's going to tell people how to get saved, how to minister. People that will knock on your neighbor and your neighborhood and say, you know, my marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do. Let me sit down. Let's talk about it. See, we're going to learn to speak up. Don't get afraid. I'm not going to come there because he's going to have me on board and see, how did you do it? Let's say, witness to me. Let's see how it works. No, we're not going to do that. I'm going to show you how many ways. There's not, don't ever think there's one way to witness. If we watch Jesus, there's so many ways. So look at verse 6 again. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they paid close attention to what he said. So the word always comes first, and then what happens? After the word, there's signs following. That's what Mark 16 says. Look at verse 7. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, uh, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. Now, what do we see there? Change lives everywhere. Now, I want to ask you a question. When Philip comes into that town, the word is preached, and all of a sudden, all these lives are changed. People go home, they talk about, man, I was demon-possessed, I'm free, I had this, I had this. We see later, they're all, many of them are saved. Who is the talk of town? In Samaria, who's the talk of town? Is it Philip? Is Philip the talk of town? No, Jesus. Is Calvary Chapel the talk of town? Is the Catholic Church the talk of town? No, Jesus is the talk of the town. How many of you that are on our campus would like to hear that Jesus is the talk of our town? That's my prayer. Now, when Jesus is the talk of the town, why is he the talk of the town? Verse 8 tells us. Look at it. So there was great joy in that city. You see, when there's Jesus, there's joy. When there's freedom of sin, there's joy. When there's answers to our problem, there's joy. See, joy is regardless of what's going on in my life. It's a trust in the person of Jesus. By the way, watch this. Who's the first person that planted the seed of salvation in Samaria? Who's the first person? Well, let me give you a little history. Samaritan, as I said, had dead religion. Just like the Jews, it was dead religion, just a different dead religion. One day... When Jesus was walking with his disciples, he said this to his disciples. I must go through Samaria. And the disciples said, are you crazy? We don't get along with those people. We ain't going there. Jesus said, no, I must. Now, why did Jesus say I must? Because he was spirit-filled and he was spirit-led. When he went, he met a woman. Where was she? She was at a well. Was she dry spiritually? Yes, she was. She had been married five times and divorced and was living with a guy. And Jesus said to her, hey, would you like living water? She said, no, thank you. Of course she said yes. And he says, I am the living water. She became a Christian. She went into town and all the people came out. She said, come here, a man that spoke about everything I've ever known. And that town was impacted. Christianity came to that area, Samaria. Here we are a year or two later. The seed had already been planted by our role model, Jesus. Don't let prejudice, don't let anything keep you from sharing when God opens a door. So what came to Samaria? Joy. I want you to see this amazing passage. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So notice we said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. That's fine. But it's a matter of righteousness, 
peace and say it with me. Joy, come on. Joy in the, in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. So when I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm filled with joy. Will that make a difference? Huge difference. Joy to the world. Amen? Jesus is the reason for our joy. Now, what is my goal? What is your goal? What is God's goal? Don't write this down, but I want you to see it. God's goal, there was great joy in Brevard and Indian River counties and in all the world. That's why we're here as a church. That through us being filled with the Spirit of God, there'll be joy in Brevard County and Indian River counties in Orlando in all parts of the world, when we go on mission trips, we'll bring the power and the joy of the Lord and change lives will be there. Out of us will flow rivers of living water to dry people. People are searching for purpose and meaning in their life. We're here to make a difference. The greatest joy we can bring is the good news of Jesus to our cities. And to do that, I have to wise up. I have to listen up. I have to fill up. I have to speak up about the joy of Jesus Christ. I'm going to end you with two things and then I'm going to pray for us. Number one, watch this. This isn't really true of our church, but we have to be careful it doesn't become true. And that's why I taught on the Spirit. Watch what A.W. Tozer, great pastor evangelist said. If the Holy Spirit were taken away from the New Testament church, the church in the book of Acts, 90% of what they did would come to halt. In other words, 90% of what the New Testament church did was in reliance to the power of the Holy Spirit. Now watch his next statement. If the Holy Spirit were taken away from today's church, the church in America, right where we are, only 10% of what it does would cease. Now I want you to look at that for a moment. What's he saying? He's saying many of our churches, not us, we're not perfect, we're far from it, but many of our churches are just in the form and ritual, going through, doing all the great things, nice things, whatever. There's no power. There's no change of life. We're just doing life as a religious people. Dead religion. See, I want to come to the place where 90% of what we do is a reliance to the power of the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled and controlled by the Spirit. This church cannot accomplish what God wants in our own strength and wisdom. Guys, we cannot do it. So I have to often empty myself and then ask God to fill me. This is the norm. So look at these two last statements. The norm for every Christ follower is to live full of the Holy Spirit. Spirit Spirit-controlled living. And what does that mean? It's simply 24-7 dependence on God. God lives in you, and he wants to empower you this morning. Some of you are not saved yet. I'm going to ask you this morning to make that decision. If you're not saved, if you don't have forgiveness of sin, you're absolutely at a dead stop in your life. At the end of the service, you come up and speak to me. See, you must be born again. You will never, ever, ever solve life without a relationship with God. We learn today if we want to be filled, we need to ask. Do you want power in your walk with Jesus Christ? In today's message, Pastor Mark gave us the way to have power 
It's the filling and refilling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to be bold and courageous when we witness to unbelievers. This brings changed lives. This is the result of the Christ follower living a Spirit-controlled life. This is a simple 24-7 dependence on the Holy Spirit. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Pastor Mark's next message will be one that challenges all of us Christ followers. He takes what we've learned about the filling of the Holy Spirit and tells us to put this filling into action. We are to take the boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Every day God gives us opportunities to talk to people. We should allow God's calling and share His love with those closest to us. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled Step Up. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 